the Gospels don't agree on every detail of Jesus' life, but they do agree that Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan by John, and that in some way that changed him, some important way that changed him. The, the, the Gospels say virtually nothing about Jesus' early life. Once we get past the angels and the shepherds uh, in Luke and the wise men in Matthew, um, there's really nothing said about, but in my imagination, I imagine Jesus as a young boy, a yeshiva boy in, uh, in, uh, in Nazareth, which was a tiny little village, uh, uh, questioning everything, not satisfied with any answer. Uh, every itinerant rabbi who came through had to, had to listen to, what, to Jesus' questions and deal with them. You know, just one of those really inquisitive people, don't you think? Moreover, just on the other side of the hill from Nazareth was this very large and uh, cosmopolitan Greco-Roman town named Sephorus, which never appears in the Bible for reasons that are beyond anybody. No, this is commented on by a lot of people that this huge, huge, very large, very prosperous city within easy walking distance of Nazareth never makes it into the Bible. It's clearly where uh, Jesus and Joseph made their living because they couldn't have made it in this little village of Nazareth, which when Jesus was alive may have had 200 people living there. So in, again, in my imagination, Jesus growing up would, would go off to, when he was old enough, would go off to Sephorus and there he would meet all of these cosmopolitan people, these rabbis from everywhere, not just rabbis, also a Greek philosophy would have, uh, he would have asked what, what's, what's up with that and, and, and how does that make sense? There, there's a school of thought that says that um, Jesus was influenced by a Greek cynic uh, philosophy. Now, cynic in, the, in this world doesn't mean um, uh, skepticism about the good intentions of someone else. Cynicism in Greek philosophy is a, is a school of thought that says uh, the secret to a happy life is simplicity. Um, if one should, one should live without a lot of worldly goods, one should live without a lot of pretensions, one should live without trying to advance one's own career, one's own life, one should live as simply as possible and as honestly as possible. Uh, Diogenes was the great Greek philosopher who's, uh, who, who one turn, thinks of when one thinks of that, this cynic school of thought. And uh, Diogenes would go around Athens in the daytime with a lantern in his hand and he would stop people in the street and he would say, I'm looking for an honest man. The implication being there weren't any. I, that might work in this town. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, um, uh, uh, you can see elements of that maybe in, in Jesus' thoughts, you know. Um, uh, uh, a young man came to Jesus and said, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, uh, well, what does it say in the Torah? And the young man said, well, it says, uh, it says uh, honor your father and mother, uh, do not, don't steal, don't kill, don't commit adultery. And Jesus said, well, and he said, well, I've done all those things, and, and it still doesn't, and Jesus said, well, sell everything you have and give the money to the poor. And the young man couldn't do that. But that would be a very kind of a Greek cynic way of looking at life. Diogenes was, I can tell these stories for a long time, so I'll try not to bore you. Diogenes was asleep in a barrel, because he didn't have a house in Athens, and Alexander the Great came to see him. And Alexander the Great said, Diogenes, you are the, 
wisest man in Athens, and here you are sleeping in a barrel. What can I, I'm the most powerful man in the world. What can I do for you? And Diogenes said, well, actually, you're blocking the sunlight, so I'm feeling a little cold. Could you just move to the <laughs> side? That's attested in a couple of different ancient, uh, ancient texts. Anyway, here's Jesus, this inquisitive guy who just wanted to get to the bottom of things, wanted a better answer about life. And he just knew it wasn't complete. And then he heard that John was preaching at the River Jordan and baptizing there. Well, exactly, he wanted to find out what's up with that. And so he took the several days walk to the Jordan and was baptized by John. And when he emerged from the water, or soon after he emerged from the water, a voice from heaven said, this is, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. And his life changed. And in an instant he understood who he was and what he was supposed to be about. Most of us don't have that experience, of course. It takes a lifetime to try to understand our identity and what we're supposed to be about and all of that. But Jesus was not the ordinary inquisitive child. And when he was enlightened, if you will, by the spirit, he saw himself in a completely different way than you or, not, you or I might. Well, I shouldn't say completely different, very different. John mentions baptism in three contexts in this lesson uh, with three symbols. All of them have to do with, um, uh, well, let's take them one at a time. The most obvious symbol of baptism is water. Um, uh, uh, baptism obviously precedes Christianity because John was baptizing and, uh, and Jesus came to see John. So baptism, in fact, scholars think, uh, came from, uh, developed from a Jewish tradition of washing. Uh, new converts to Judaism had to wash, still do in some, uh, some parts of uh, Judaism, have to wash uh, before, uh, before they can be converted and not just washed, have to be washed in pure water. In fact, in Judaism, Orthodox Judaism, today, if you want to convert, you have to go take a bath, get clean, and then go into this, this water which refreshes, renews, and also is, uh, represents the water of birth. So one is reborn out of the water, uh, which gives us the notion of born, being born again. So to some extent, baptism is about new birth. But John also says that Jesus will baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. As the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus in the form of a dove, the Holy Spirit will descend uh, uh, on everyone who's baptized in some, in some way, uh, some yet to be determined way. I've already warned Sophie that she's going to have to be alert for the voice that says, this is my child, with you I am well pleased. The um, uh, word in Hebrew for spirit is the same as the word uh, for uh, breath and the same as the word for wind. So the, the word is ruach. The, so when the spirit descends, it's also the breath 
of God that descends. Uh, in the beginning of time when God created Adam, God breathed life, same word, breathed life into the nostrils of Adam. And so in a sense, um, baptism is about a rebirth, but it's also about new life being breathed into all of us who have been baptized. And then finally, fire. Um, this is not the fire that consumes, this is the fire that enlightens, eh? It's the fire that danced on the heads of the disciples at the first Pentecost. It's the fire of the burning bush. It's the fire that wakes us up, that shows us something we didn't know before, shows us something different. Just as Jesus was enlightened and began to understand a different identity uh, at his baptism, so does baptism for all of us is intended to uh, help us understand our identity as children of God. We are all children of God, not with, notwithstanding the families we come from, the, the organizations we belong to, our political point of view, uh, where we live, any other factor, we're all children of God, and that's what baptism is about, is establishing our identity as children of God. One last uh, story, and then we'll get to the business at hand. There's a 18th century rabbi in Eastern Europe <coughs> named um, Israel Ben Eliezer. He was known by his, um, uh, his students, his disciples, as, um, as uh, the Baal Shem Tov, which means the Lord of a good name. The Baal uh, was a very happy man. He lived a simple life. Uh, uh, he was married, he had children, but he didn't have any money. Uh, but he was a happy man because he uh, always understood that he was living somehow with the Lord, living with the Lord's blessing. The Baal taught that when God created everything, God left a little spark of the divine behind so that every blade of grass, every clod of earth, every human person has just this little spark of the divine, according to him. And if we have eyes to see that we too have that little spark of the, of the divine in us, and that so does everybody else we meet, then we can understand that our lives are aflame with the fire of God, and so is the whole world through which we walk. I don't know if that's what Jesus saw at his baptism, but I think it was like that. I think Jesus, filled with the Spirit of God, saw the world around him as filled with the Spirit of God. So Sophie, that's why we baptize. And that's why we're gonna baptize you. And we better not wait any longer. We better get on with it. Please, uh, please stand. We're at the bottom of page three in the service.